Hi and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 68. And if this is your first time in the podcast, well, welcome. And this is a podcast where we focus in board games, but mainly in solo and cooperative board games. Once in a while, we also do an episode about a fully competitive game. That's right, a game that it cannot be played either solo or cooperative. And that's what we call Solo with Friends Edition on their Solo BG podcast. And as well, sometimes we do a special ones like tonight, this evening, today, where we have an interview with Sam Aho. Sam Aho works for the greatest staff of Gambling Games. And of course, they are the publisher that brings up the Tiny Epic Universe and all the famous Tiny Epic board games that you know that are all around uh, you know, the board gaming world, I guess. And this is going to be the round number two. And we're going to talk about two games, which one of them is with an expansion. I had to say that this game, they were provided to me completely for free from our friends from Gambling Games, which they are very kind, they're very awesome. They sent me uh, these two games with one expansion. They sent me also a nice mat that we're going to talk during the interview. And anyway, you will have fun. You will have, uh, you know, you will be entertained if, if board games is what you like because Sam Ajo always bring a lot of good stuff to the table, to the conversation. We're going to talk, of course, uh, about the situation right now around the world. Uh, we're going to talk about, about the industry as well how it affects the industry, the world without conventions. And, of course, we're going to talk about Tiny Epic Kingdoms and Tiny Epic Defenders with the Dark War expansion. Uh, I don't want to spoil you too much because I want you to listen to the interview. But we also have a great, great announce towards the end of the episode, which I believe that announcement is already out there uh, on the around the social media. But when we when this episode was recorded which it was about two or three days ago for from today which today is sunday august 16 2020 i believe we record this episode eight uh on august 13 um the surprise wasn't even out so anyway you already know what we're gonna be talking about uh towards the end of the episode and the new game from tiny epics but the most important thing is that we have a giveaway for that game. So if you want to know how you can win a completely free copy of that game, free shipping, uh, stay tuned until the last part of the episode and I will tell you how you can win this game. And once again, it will be completely free and you will love it and you will enjoy it. Uh, so I hope you stay. It was very fun to talk to Sam. And uh, this is a round two because before, uh, like probably 10 episodes before this one, which you can go and check it out once you finish this one. Uh, we record uh, Tiny Epic Round 1, where we talk about Tiny Epic Tactics, Tiny Epic Mechs, and uh, also Tiny Epic Galaxies, Ultra Tiny Epic Galaxies, by the way. Uh, so check check out those out as well once you finish with this one. And remember to follow me on my social media, Solo BG Podcast, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because I'm always posting pictures and content of all the games that I'm playing and all the updates and all the Kickstarters and stuff. And remember that if you want to listen to me talking in Spanish, which is my primary language, or you want to learn Spanish, or you just want, happen to want to listen uh, a board game podcast in any uh, foreign language, well, remember that you can also check out Solo BG Podcast in Español, which is the same concept that I manage here, but in Spanish. And of course, I try to do different games in that way. If you happen to listen to both, well, you don't get the same game just in different language. Anyway, there you go. All the info. And remember that you can shoot me an email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com because I'll be getting more games. I'll be getting more stuff. 
and I will be sharing all that content with you, my friends, with you amazing listeners. And another surprise is that I will tell you to stay very, very, and I say very again, tuned to One Stop Co-op Shop, the YouTube channel, because something amazing is about to happen next week that it involves Solo BG Podcast. So there you go. You have it. Let's start the episode like always in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. So now we are here in another episode of Solo BG Podcast. And like I told you in the introduction, I'm happy because I'm with my friend Sam Ajo. Remember, this is round two of Tiny Epic Games. Sam, how are you tonight, my friend? I am doing so well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, in this um, chaotic with the new normality world that we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, but where are you located? Remind us again. Where are you located right now? Yeah, so I am down in Arizona in the Phoenix area. That's right. So I'm pretty sure hot weather right now over there, right? It is warm. I think we hit 114 today. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty warm. It's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm used to it because, uh, like, I think I told you the other day, um, I'm originally from Mexico, of course, you can tell by the accent, but I grew up in Texas, in South Texas, so I'm used to those temperatures. But then when I moved to Indy, now I love the, this, the summer here because, like, today it was, like, 89, 90 at most. I think the hottest day that we have had this year so far has been, like, 98 or 97. So I like that, but the winter is kind of, you know, miserable. <laughs> but I have a hard time with, with Indianapolis just because of the humidity. Although it may only be 90 degrees, it feels like it's 100 because of the humidity. Yeah, it's very humid, and, and that's surprising. I mean, if I compare it to where I came from, which is at uh, Brownsville, Texas, it's at the southeast at the border with Mexico, and we little, literally at the coast, of course, it's more humid like, like than here, right? But... I was surprised too about that when I, um, you know, when we just moved to Indy, how humid it was. And, and especially in the summer, it gets very humid and, you know, it feels different versus Arizona is more dry, yes. uh, the, the, the heat. But, but anyway, we are not here to talk about the weather. Are we here oh, to talk about no, but, it, but it's reminding me that I missed going to Indianapolis this year and I wasn't at Gen Con and that makes me incredibly sad. I know. I know. How, how do you feel about that? Like this, this year, you know, with this new normality, like I said, and being a very uh, unique and chaotic at the same time, how do you feel about the convention? You know, it was, it was sad for me uh, when, you know, they canceled Origin, when they canceled Gen Con, when they canceled Essen. And, but me as a gamer and as a, I guess if we, if I want to call myself podcaster, well, it was sad for that, but I'm pretty sure, and we're going to talk about this, um, how strongly it impacts the industry, the publishers, the designers, the marketing of the of the games, which, by the way, once again, I already told an introduction, but Sam Ajo, he is part of the great staff from Gambling Games. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go and check it out, the round one that we record about Tiny Epic Tactics, Tiny Epic Mechs, and Tiny Epic Galaxies. So once you finish with this one, you go back and listen to that episode because we talk about those three games and we had a great time and we talk about all the background from Sam. 
uh, gambling games. But Sam, how do you feel about those, uh, you know, this year in general, like missing conventions and as a gamer and also as a, as a part of gambling games? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and first, first off, you know, I want to underscore what's, you know, what's going on with the pandemic is, is awful. And, and no matter what sacrifices that we have to make is nothing compared to those who have, you know, lost loved ones. Um, sure. So, I mean, you know, make sure to say that. Um, but as far as the loss of conventions, it's been very sad. There, as as a publisher, there are a lot of publishing friends that I have, as well as other people that are in the industry or that convention attendees that I get used to seeing. Um, you know, at least once, if not multiple times per year. But it's always the conventions that I get to see those people at. And so I don't have that. And so I feel like I'm missing so many of my friends and missing just the fun little side conversations in, um, you know, in the hall or, you know, if you catch them in the hotel or, you know, where everything is so close, whether you end up grabbing a drink with someone or going to dinner, like you just yeah. miss so much of that. And it, it does make me sad uh, to miss, to miss my friends, um, yeah, you know, and the people in this industry that I love. And now, uh, has it impact like very strongly to the industry? Like now, talking from uh, from the from the publisher side, because here's the thing: as a, as you know, in in social media, and and now as of course with the gamers communities, you hear like you know this so and so company this year has been very strong with them, and they will probably, uh, you know, even some people use the word which I hope not like broke, and they probably will disappear. Of course, we're talking about probably independent publishers or minor publishers, but even there's have been rumors about bigger publishers, you know, being at the edge with this chaotic year because uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the revenue and the reimbursement or the profit comes from conventions as well, which is nothing, there's nothing wrong to say, right? Because as a gamers, we enjoy going there, trying the games and of course getting the games, uh, but how, 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 is, how is that aspect from gambling? Like, how are you guys doing over there? Yeah, so ev obviously every company operates differently. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, even though we're all going out and making board games, uh, the various business models within board games are surprisingly diverse. Um, you know, mm -hmm. everyone does it a little bit differently. As far as Gamelin goes, um, obviously we have a strong presence on Kickstarter. Um, we utilize Kickstarter to be able to engage with our fans. Um, you know, we really enjoy using Kickstarter as it's made our games better. I mean, our, our most recent Kickstarter with Tiny Epic Pirates yeah. uh, was, you know, we were extremely pleased with how successful it was, but also our Tiny Epic audience, and we got a lot of new people that came in on Pirates that we haven't had before. They make those suggestions that help us make our games better. Because yeah. um, it's, it's so interesting when you are making... Um, a board game uh you become so insulated into the world of that board game that sometimes it's difficult to step out and just take more of a holistic look at the game whereas our kickstarter backers are coming from a place of no knowledge um but it also allows that to help them make suggestions that make the game better um, where they'll say something, and for whatever reason, we had a mental block on, you know, that aspect, and it's like, yeah, that's actually a really great idea. So we love using Kickstarter. So in, in regards to the effect of the pandemic, um, surprisingly, Kickstarter, not just ours, but 
overall has seen a huge increase um, in the board game category specifically. Um, and I mean, we've seen, we saw the biggest board game Kickstarter ever with Frosthaven. Yeah. You know, came out and raised, what was it, just like barely under 13 million or something like that? Something crazy like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time that that was going, Onk from Simon was happening. Um, I mean, our Tiny Epic Pirates campaign followed shortly after, and it was our first Tiny Epic campaign that did over a million dollars, which was wow, amazing. That's amazing. Congrats. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see how our community is pulled together. Um, and I think part of that is is that gamers are looking for things to get excited about. Um, you know, there's so much drudgery in the world um, that we're really looking for things to make us happy and make us excited and to group together with other gamers. And Kickstarter allows that to happen. And yeah. so... That's my personal view of that. I think that's why Kickstarter is doing so well um, is because, you know, gamers gamers are looking for something to get engaged with, and Kickstarter allows that. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're right because um, I actually, with a group of gamers, they mention very often, like, you know, I back this and I back that, and I feel like, like now that you mention it, I feel like people are backing more now. And they're giving, at least for this summer or these uh, last couple of months, they're giving the excuse like, oh, it's because I use my Gen Con money or my Origins money mm -hmm. and I put it towards this game or this Kickstarter or they even went and just, um, you know, uh, supported local, local gaming store, which at the same time is very important. Um, but yeah, I think I think on that aspect, and I never stopped to thought about it until now you're mentioning. And that's what I love, you know, when I talk to publishers and designers because you get... Uh, the other perspective, other than the you know the simple gamer like like me, and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of you amazing listeners that you know that you just you, you we just see this side of the of the of the picture right, but you guys are on the behind the curtains and seeing the things a little bit differently. But I'm glad to hear and I'm, and I'm very happy that uh, gambling got that record with over a million dollar, and I'm pretty sure now every project will be even more successful because at the end of the day. Um, Kickstarter is always in the middle of the controversy, right? Because mm -hmm. now a lot of a lot of gamers and a lot of uh, people will say like, well, Kickstarter is not what it used to be because now it's more like a pre-order system and this and that. But then you have companies or publishers like Gambling Games that, yes, of course, I mean, we're going to use a Kickstarter as a uh, you know, first window platform, I guess, uh, to show to the fans. But at the same time, it helps to the publishers or producer or designers um, to uh, improve the game in in every aspect, I, I believe. Like, you have more time to even do some tweaks on the design. Even if you already had the base design, you are able to uh, get kickstart uh, stretch goals, I'm sorry, uh, improve components. And I think it's fantastic. I mean, so far, uh, of course, the only controversy, probably the biggest controversy around in Kickstarter has been from Simon Games. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like Kickstarter helped uh, every size. It still helps the independent publishers or independent designers to bring their, their dreams come true and bring those games that they've been working on it probably for a few years or months, but it also helps the, pub, the big companies, which I don't have anything against that, to improve the, the, their comp, uh, components quality and, like I said, stretch goals and all the stuff, which 
uh, the fans, at least, I consider my fan of Tiny Epic. It, we always appreciate it. And we're going to talk about yeah. Pirates uh, and also the most recent one before Pirates that I know some backers are getting. Um, Tiny Epic uh, dy- is Dinosaur, right? Tiny Epic Dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah Tiny Epic uh, Dinosaurs. But I don't want to spoil too much because first I want to play the games like really hard. Like I play the ones that we're going to talk about today. And that way we can go strong on them, uh, Sam, because you know... That yeah. even if you're here with me today, my friend, I will tell you <laughs> what I, if I don't like anything for from the game or what I love from the game as well. Because at the end of the day, that's what makes fun. It's part of the hobby, right? To, well, and, to and uh, that, talk about the games. Know, that's, yeah, that's what's important. I mean, I I'm a gamer myself. You know, I always I I always tell people when when you know they ask about certain things of being a publisher. I always tell people I'm a board gamer first. Yeah. I mean, um, you and I are on a podcast, but you can see a little bit. Uh, this is I'm in my game room right now. Yeah, me too. And, and I was going to ask you about about the games. You have you have actually one of my favorites behind you, which is the Crusaders. Ah, uh, yeah, Crusaders. I love the game. I can see the, I can see the zombie sides behind you. I can see Soma Soul. I can see Reef. I can see Marvel Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Gear C over there as well. Uh, Hentes, I think I see it behind you. Uh, yep, <laughs> you have pretty yeah, so pretty cool see, games over there. You're seeing uh, like one third of one of the four walls of my game rooms and of game room, and it's it's lined with games. It's so I, I understand not everybody is going to like every game, and and especially going into it, you know, with our tiny epics being so diverse and having totally different themes, totally different mechanics. Not every single game is going to connect with every single person, and so I think it's uh, it's a good thing to be honest about it, um, and so people can, you know, see what your honest opinion is. I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And jumping, jumping, jump. Well, you know what? Let's do something before we jump into the today's uh, games, which is going to be as you read probably on the title, tiny. We want to talk about tiny epic kingdoms. And we're going to talk about Tiny Epic Defenders with the Dark War expansions. And I'm also going to talk to you about a, about a very nice surprise that as well our friends here, Sam Aho, most particularly, and our friends from Tiny, uh, from Gambling Games, uh, sent me a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful iMad uh, that I will talk to you about it in a little bit. And I'll tell you if you need to get it or if you can play without it, uh, which I'm pretty sure you can steal, but I will tell you my thoughts <laughs> towards the end. Uh, <laughs> but before that... Have you been playing anything like recently, my friend? Like anything that you've been very excited to play with most recently? Um, so the uh, I, so my the laptop that I'm speaking to you on is in my in my recessed game table right now, and I'll okay. show you what uh, okay, okay, what show I've been me. playing. Um, but oh, for, the expansion! For home, yeah. Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth um, is something that I've been playing recently. Uh, I just got the Shadowed Paths expansion, uh, and it's set up on my table ready for me to start the adventure. Um, that's the main thing that I've been playing recently, um, but, uh, yeah. The, and and, when and, you and play... other projects that I can't announce yet. Oh, okay. Well, we will. okay, we, we will see if during the show we can take a little bit of more hints. Um, and do you, when you play uh, Lord of the Rings, do you play it solo? Do you play it with uh, your wife, with friends, or...? Uh, I mainly play it solo, and with uh, with the current times that we are, I mm-hmm. do a lot of social distancing. 
Um, sure. And so I haven't had the game nights that I normally have, but I do technically only have like one scenario left of an adventure journeys in middle earth with a couple of my friends from a normal game night. Okay. So I do both. I play solo and with uh, some gaming friends. One of the good things about that game though, and I think uh, Imperial Assault also implemented recently is now the arcade modes. I, I believe that's what they call arcade modes that they uh, have. So like adventure mode? Yeah, adventure mode, yeah. The adventure mode that you basically, uh, let's say you're playing the campaign solo, which is still you can you can save different campaigns in, in your tablet or your device, your laptop. Uh, but also they have that adventure mode that basically if you have a game night and people want to try the game, you just play one adventure and that's it. Either you lose or win and... And I tried the one from, from the base game from Lord of the Rings, and uh, it's very good. I mean, it actually try to push you through the all, all mechanics of exploring, searching, investigating. Um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but the terror bar that you have uh, on top of the screen that is, you know, if you don't resolve the events, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, positive, in a positive way, the terror will still increasing, and that will at some point triggers the end and making you lose the game. Uh, but I like it. I like it. And I highly recommend it for you, amazing listeners. If you've, been, if you've been on the fence for Lord of the Rings, Journeys on the Middle Earth, I haven't done an episode about it, but it's one of my favorite games. And now that I see that Sam is also, you know, putting that game on the table, there you go. <laughs> more more confidence to try it. Uh, and, you know, don't get... Because some, here's the thing, Sam. Some people, um, including myself, sometimes when you see games with long campaigns, even if you like campaigns and the idea of it, now you after you start to get so many games in your collection, then you start to be more on defense like oof campaign mode. Even if it's the the main way for the game to enjoy, then you know it can take you away a little bit because probably you already have on your on your gaming uh, library probably you have Gloomhaven, probably if you have uh, I don't know Street Masters, you have uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Impossible, and uh, Tainted Grail, Nemesis. I don't know one of those big, big games that they have campaigned to. Sort of thing like, well, I don't need another campaign game. But when the games do that and they get option for an adventure mode or an arcade mode, I think that's when now we can take that fence away and, you know, do a more uh, happy jump, I guess, into the game, which is one of the things, one of the things that usually most of the Tiny Epic, I think probably all of the Tiny Epics, um, they bring it. Because even if they have campaigns, uh, some of them, uh, they usually are like realistic campaigns, campaigns that you can also, that you can actually finish and not like a campaign that is going to last forever. And, yeah. You know, which is, it's a good thing. So why do you, do you like to play, we, we, we're talking about you, you playing solo Lord of the Rings. Is that your favorite way of playing? Do you prefer solo? Do you prefer cooperative? Do you prefer, do you prefer competitive games? Which one is your favorite though? So I would be, uh, you know, at conventions, a lot of them will have the little badges you can put saying like, hey, I'm an Ameritrash, a Euro gamer, I'm a solo <laughs> gamer, things like that. I always put uh, just one, and it's Omni Gamer, because I legitimately love all types. I love sitting down and playing a cooperative game. I love sitting down and just, uh, you know, beating my friends into an oblivion, uh, you know, in Blood Rage and just taking them out. Yeah. Um, and I also enjoy sitting down and playing solo. I will say solo has lost a little bit of its luster um, when that's all that I can play. <laughs> when that's that's when the only option right now. For game night. Um, but no, I really do enjoy playing um, all types of games uh, and all types of play modes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the, o the only thing that I'm not a huge fan of 
is social deduction. That's just not my style of game. I will play them every once in a while when when it's when the group wants to, but uh, generally not my cup of tea. The one that is definitely not my cup of tea. I I think I'm more like you as well. Like I feel like my uh, my background as a gamer started with you know solo cooperatives and and thematic games and all that stuff. And as time keeps going, as a gamer, you also evolve as well, and you start to experience different games and stuff like that. And I remember not liking the Euros too much, Euro games like Worker Plans and stuff. It was like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not my cup of tea. But now I feel like I'm more like that. Like I don't I don't mind which kind of game, if it's a Euro, if it's a cooperative, if it's a solo. Of course I try to prefer games that have the solo variant because most of the nights of the week that I'm able to play is gonna be solo. But um I also enjoy, like you said, more than modalities and I guess um, I start to become an Omni player as well. The only ones that I don't like, and it's because I always lose, it's all those trivia games. Those ones, I never see it. And the only reason why is because um, I feel like most of the trivia games are so attached to the American pop culture, most of them, or towards the American culture, that, of course, for me, it's kind of hard because I grew up with a different culture, right? I come from Mexico, and even if I grew up in South Texas, it based literally Mexico. So, um, so that's those are the ones that sometimes when we play trivia games, I don't know the answers. Or if I know the answers, I know them in Spanish, but then you know it's it's completely hard for me. So those are the ones yeah. that only if somebody invites me for a trivia night, I don't go. And that's why that's why we're gonna start. With Tiny Epic Defenders, because that's not a trivia game, of course. That uh, brings oh. me back to my origins of thematic, uh, epicness, and all that stuff. And we're going to we're gonna start to talk about Tiny Epic Defenders, Sam. Tiny Epic Defenders, I have the boxes here, actually. I know that it's only through audio through you, my friends, but I have the boxes with me, and Sam can see that I'm pulling them. And you can hear, actually, here in the microphone where I'm moving the components. I have here in my hands the tiny... Ep- oh, there you go. You have it there as well. He can prepare. <laughs> Good job. I do. Um, I have here the tiny epic defenders. We're going to talk first about the game, then the expansions, and I will share with you, my friends, my thoughts, and I'm pretty sure Sam as well. Um, and, you know, fantasy cooperative game by Scott uh, Scott Elms. Uh, tiny epic defenders from the series from the tiny mythic now, and I, call, I like to call it mythic, the mythic tiny epic saga. Because that's a wonderful thing from Tiny Epics. That now, I see the Facebook groups, I see it, uh, on Twitter, Instagram with my friends. Now it's also the part of like I want to own all the Tiny Epics. Like, even if I don't know, even if I don't like Western, not mainly the Tiny Epic Westerns. Even if I don't like the theme of the Westernish, I still just an example, right? I still want to get it because I want to get the whole saga. Uh, do you agree with me, Sam? That you've been experiencing that? Also on social media, that is, is becoming a, like a mythic thing to have all the all the tiny epics. <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's always talk of um, you know people saying, "Well, I didn't read anything about this, but I know I'm going to get it because <laughs> there's a high chance that I'm going to enjoy it, and even if I don't, I need to complete my collection. <laughs> um, I need to have all of the tiny epics, and then it, it's even better to see. I got this just to complete my Tiny Epic collection, but I loved the game. I, I like those posts better that yeah. when they, they actually say, you know, but I loved the game. The game is, you know, 
really solid. Um, but yeah, it's totally people people go nuts for for the tiny epic games and uh, they get the game hall carrier and they you know stick everything all their tiny epic games into the game hall carrier and it's really fun to see people's posts and and talking about how much they love the series. So now I have a question: Is the game uh, uh, the game hall carrier? Does he hold all the games now? Because I remember when when Tiny Epic released it, when Gambling released it, I mean it was probably I don't I know um, Tactics wasn't out, Mechs wasn't out, uh, mm -hmm. Dinos wasn't out, uh, Pirates of course a new Kickstarter, uh, and I don't remember which other one wasn't out yet. I, no, Zombies was already out when when they released the yeah, back. Yeah, it was Zombies and Mechs that we released. Yeah, right? the game hall carrier and it is now full if you have everything your game hall carrier with dinosaurs is officially full oh we're gonna have to either get another carrier for the future or 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 gambling will have to come with something else something another option i guess we've uh we've been brainstorming we don't have anything to announce but uh but we've been brainstorming we understand we understand that the bags are full you know what i'm a huge fan of um I told my wife, like, just as she's a fan of purses, I'm a fan of board game bags. <laughs> like, I get I get board games, like, I have, like, probably five or uh, and it's because every time that we go to a friend's house, here I am with my, I always have on my trunk a board game bag. And we go to see our families in Texas, board game bag. And we go to a cabin trip with friends, board game bag. And we're going just to a vacation, board game bag. So it's, it's funny, you mentioned it. So I will be very, very pending of that. A new uh, brainstorm of ideas from uh, Tiny Epic because Sam, I want to bring my Tiny Epics everywhere. So you better you better start to work on that as soon as we finish the episode. <laughs> uh, we'll, so we're gonna we'll talk about Tiny Epic Defenders, and uh, you know the cool thing this the first first of all the theme, since it reminds me a lot. Of course, has nothing to do, but when I started to play Defenders, it was just when the TV show The Witcher. Uh, came out on Netflix, and I finished it. And of course, once again, you're not the Witcher in this game. I don't want to give you false uh, advertising or review, but <laughs> but it's fantasy, man. So you know, it's it, it's on the same. It's probably the Witcher is friend in another universe. He's friend with Gandalf and with the uh, with Bilbo and all those guys because the fantasy, the whole thing, it's one. Have you watched the show, Sam? It's very good. Oh, oh I have watched The Witcher. I watched it. Right when it came out, my wife was out of town. I think I binged it in like one or two days, and yeah. then I watched it again when she came back into town with her. Yeah, no, it's it's great, and I I wish we could spoil, but I of, of course we won't. But it's um if you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure my friend on the other side of the speaker, you already saw it. But if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it because it's it's great. I mean, it's one of those shows that um, first of all the theme is very appealing for most of us, um, and second of all you had to put a lot of attention to the little details and then it's going to have major twists and stuff and and when you're going to be like oh and the music and yeah it's fantastic <laughs> so there anyway those, yeah and there's uh it you're going to have a lot more of those ah moments uh, if you watched it the second time around um, I had so many of those when you know what eventually happens and what's going to happen and you watch it the second time. There's a lot of small things that you catch the second time around that uh, I didn't catch the first. So watching it a second time was a very, a very rewarding experience. So if you haven't watched it, please, please do yourself a favor. And after you listen to this episode and after you listen to it, 
round one, if you haven't listened to, then you call your family, you call your friends, you call your wife, your husband, and you start to watch, to watch The Witcher. And then after you watch The Witcher, you're going to play Tiny Epic Defenders. In that way, you will be in the mood, you will be on the tune, and you will put The Witcher soundtrack in the background of your game room or your living room, wherever you're playing, because that's another big advantage of the Tiny Epics. Uh, and um, you're gonna play. You're gonna play the soundtrack, and you're gonna let yourself immerse on this defending world. Tiny epic defender, Sam. Let me read you what it says in the background of the box, and and in that way we can set up the mood for the for the game, right? So All it's right. after the Great War, the grand city of Edenmore, in the land of Ogmore. I hope I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> uh, was built as the capital city, and factions from all over the world. Came to, call, came to call this city their new home. At last, the world was at peace. But of course, like always, but not for long. A great storm is amazing. It's amazing. How do you say that word? Amazing? Amassing? I don't know. I uh, it is, I'm, I'm looking, it's amassing. Amassing. You see, man, English lessons here. <laughs> On the fringe, Ogmore. And in that encroaching darkness, there will be demons, of course, and monsters and all kinds of creatures that they will be haunting you. In Tiny Epic Defenders, players work together to defend the Ogmore, or the land of Ogmore, from the hordes of attacking enemies and ultimately, ultimately defeat the epic foe. All players win or lose together. So this is clearly a cooperative game, my friend. Uh, and it, I... This is one thing, and we talk about on the round on round one. Uh, Sam and I will uh, let you speak to us for a little here. Um, the item item meeples. It also you can do the item meeples here. Talk us t tell us a little bit about the item meeples that we will get on Tiny Epic Defenders, which by the way, it's a one to four players. It plays in about thirty minutes. It can be way uh, way shorter than that if you lose, <laughs> like I have experience. <laughs> uh, and it's recommended to age 14 plus, which once again, I think this game, a uh, kid from 10 year old probably can be okay. Uh, and I, I need to mention the credits of core designer, Scott Alms, the illustrations, the beautiful illustrations are by Ian uh, Rosenthaler, the editor and lore, it's the, Dylan Phillips, uh, developers Michael Coe, and the graphics I, are by Benjamin Shulman. So now, we have the item meeples here, Sam, which I love. Yeah, the item meeples are really cool, and that was something that we added in in the second edition of Tiny Epic Defenders. So the first edition did not include item meeples. Um, but uh, one thing within the game is there are um, dire foes, or dire enemies, Yeah. Uh, that if you defend against a dire enemy successfully, you get to draw an artifact. Yep. And in the second edition... Some of those artifacts come with an item meeple that you actually get to attach to your character. Um, so they have got uh, lots of different items. There's like the Spear of Valor. Um, there's Bale's Bait. Uh, there's a shield. There's a, you can get a, uh, I actually have mine painted right here. You can't really see them. Um, but that really surprised me. I'm things, you get so many cool things um, that you can get. Uh, you can get Ogmore's Bane. Uh, lots of lots of cool items that you can actually attach to your characters. Which that's one thing I was going to stop you. Sorry. Um, that's one thing that really surprised me when I have I haven't dared to do that. But I see fans of the Tiny Epic gamers from Tiny Epics that they actually paint the. Um, the weapon, the you know the shields, 
uh, the cape, every single, I guess, item meeple <laughs> or the single, uh, the accessories. And now I'm like, man, <laughs> I mean, I, I paint very, very, very bad miniatures. Like when I paint my miniatures is no eyes, right? No eyes, no mouth, right? Just sure. uh, watch it from afar and they look good on the table and that's it. They look better than gray. Uh, but then I see people doing amazing job. And like you, like <laughs> you're showing to me, like I, I was able to see it through the camera a little bit. Um, man, those are tiny, tiny, tiny <laughs> to paint. <laughs> so do you have any advice or any technique or what do you do? Like you have like a huge magnifying glass or? Uh, you know, I'm a pretty amateur painter myself. I enjoy painting, but I don't get it nearly as much time. Um, for the items, for, for the item people, they are very small. Um, yeah, I actually purchased for doing eyes and, and other things a little uh, headband with a magnifying glass over it. I think it's meant for dental hygienists. <laughs> but I've used it for painting, um, and it did come in handy when painting uh, lines on some of those very small items. Yeah, I can imagine, like, the companies that say that, like, like suddenly, like, a lot of people start to buy... Like those headbands with magnifying glass, and they're like, "Man, we didn't, we didn't, we never knew that we had that amount of dentists here in U.S. I guess in mm -hmm. the rest of the world, uh, it's crazy, it's crazy." But anyway, tiny epic defenders. Then we get their rule book. Now, when you were talking about the first edition and the second edition, I don't think um, the first edition, I don't think it's uh, you know out there anymore, right? Like it, it has become probably more like a collectible thing. Yeah, so if you have a first edition, um, it means that you backed the original Kickstarter um, or purchased it at retail after it came out. But we did do the second edition of Defenders. I'm trying to remember the year. It might be 2017, 2016, something like that. Um, and updated the rules, um, just did a, you know, kind of gave the game a refresh, new artwork, added in the item meeples. Um, and simultaneously released the expansion uh, for Tiny Epic Defenders, Tiny Epic Defenders, The Dark War. Yeah, and actually, uh, as soon as you open the game, because you know uh, on the show we always do the audio unboxing, all this stuff, one of the things that as soon as you open the game, you will get on the back of the main, of the cover, I guess, of the box, is the nice art from Tiny Epic Defenders, and that's that's another signature that I think I haven't seen in, in any other game or not in most of them, talking about other games other than Tiny Epics. Like, you, you guys always put a lot of love in the box, like, you know, and most of the people use them as a dice tray um, of when you have to roll dice. But even, for example, in games that you don't roll dice, you still have a pretty art inside the box. And then you get a very straightforward 15 uh, double side pages rulebook, which... I had to say the one of the big pros of this game is the rulebook because you don't have to mess with anything like going to Board Game Geek and look for rules. Once again, from the second edition at least, which is the one that I have on my hands, um, you don't have to to deal with that. You know, we all have been through that part of struggleness when we get a game and it's like, okay, but what if this and this and that and that? And you're going to Board Game Geek and you spend a few you know, a few minutes or even an hours looking for that. And then you go to watch videos and then that. Well, these uh, Tiny Epic Defenders is very straightforward with the rules, uh, which I think that's fantastic. And then, Sam, we get these amazing characters. And they're like big cards. For example, I'm going to read some of them. Uh, we have uh, Leolith. I hope I pronounced it correctly. She is the human paladin. 
And, you know, for example, her story, the daughter of the once, um, daughter of once great uh, Lelithar, Lilith, travels Ogmore, sacrificing herself for others to make reparation for her father's destructive role. So the dad was the bad one. Um, and in, sure, in Star Trek, Great Wall, and Right? Lelithar is a character in Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. He's a ah, hero. Okay, okay, okay. So, and then oh, I like I really like this one. I think last time I play, I play with Randall, which is the like the halfling, like the Hobbit, the Bard. The, yeah, the Bard, and that brings to the Witcher. No spoilers, but watch the Witcher, please. Um, Randall has left the comfort of his cozy cottage, singing ballads of triumph, triumph. I'm sorry, and sacrifice about the old heroes who fought in the Great War hoping his tunes will boost morale and camaraderie. So you get, how many heroes you get, Sandy? Do you have the exact amount? But it's plenty of heroes that you get on the... On the... Uh, it's quite a few. I I organize my games when I have the base game and the rulebook together, or the base game and the expansion together. And the, yeah. Without making a lot of noise. I wouldn't be able to look it up because I've got them. Well, and then we have this one, of course, and this is another thing. Ten, game does ten heroes in the base game, and you get a couple of extras um, if you buy the deluxe. So the deluxe version directly from us. Okay, so ten heroes, and you get more if you bought from Tiny Epic from the Gambling website. And, of course, Gambling does. This is not the first game that I see this guy. I know this guy. I like to play with him. Ah, him. yeah. Yeah, Sir, we're talking about the Gu Guardian of the Order, which is the Gambling the gambling, uh, uh, you know, part of the logo, the helmet. I don't know if he is he a paladin or a, or a knight or what is he in in reality. Gamelin is a protector of all. Protector of all, yeah. So that's that's very cool. And then you have cards for every character activation because we're gonna talk about the mechanics a little bit, which they're very interesting. And then you're gonna have the monster card where they're gonna the enemy cards where they're gonna spawn. Some of them they're uniques. Um, and the effects that they're going to trigger during the game, you're also going to get a deck of artifacts that you will be able to get them through different effects on the game. And, of course, you're going to get the meeples that we already talked about. It Very cool with the, all the weaponry that you can paint and have fun. And even if you don't paint, I honestly tell you that they look fantastic. And you have the big uh, cards that tell, tell you prepare yourself epic foe. And you have the enemies from the base game as well. Uh, on the, uh, I don't know if in the deluxe edition you get more more enemies. You do. You do. You, you do. Yeah, yep. So there I you think go. One or two epic foes and a couple of enemy cards. Okay. So what is Tiny Epic about? I'm gonna tell you in a few words, and then my my friend Sam will jump here with me and back me up uh, because I do a lot of mistakes when I play games. So in that way, if I tell you a mistake or a lie, my friend Sam is gonna stop me and he's gonna say. Hold on, Derek. That's not how you play. And then <laughs> he's going to correct me. Okay, so basic, basically, Tiny Epic Defenders, it has the mechanic of a tower defense, right? Like we read on the introduction, you're trying to protect your land, right? We know that the father of, uh, what, was, what was her name? I'm very bad with names. What's her name? The beautiful girl that she's the paladin? Uh, Leolith. Uh, yeah. Her father started a great war. So that was... What happened, right? So remember, everything was at peace, but suddenly not anymore. So you will have the city that you will have to protect, of course, and you're going to lay out uh, some other territories surrounding your city or your castle, if you want to call it, right? Because it's like a tower defense defending the castle mechanic. And then on those territories, monsters are going to start to spawn, spawn, I'm sorry, 
and you they will try of course to kill those locations or those territories and they will try uh, consequently to make damage to the to the main city to the main tower to our home and we don't want that because if they destroy our home well we lose and that brings me to another part of the game which i really like which is the fire tokens because thematically those lands which they're going to be surrounding your city they're going to be two four six lands surrounding your city uh, every land is going to start to burn in flames right to add more theme and and immersiveness to the game but once they do then the city your main city is going to start to burn as well now the activation part sam is very unique and i like it i really like it because in most of the games traditional in a traditional way speaking i will take my turn then you will take your turn then the other player will take your turn their turn sorry, and then the enemy right here you have a deck of activation cards that you will shuffle and then you're going to be revealing cards and it could be enemies it could be your turn it could be the other player turn or if you're playing solo you know probably you try you try to plan a strategy like okay i'm gonna do this and defend this and defend that and lower the fire here and try to kill this guy but then guess what you don't activate first my friend depends on your shuffle the monster can come first am i correct sam or i'm lying with anything you are correct yeah all right perfect then <laughs> keep going so the idea like i said you're trying to defend you're going to have these decks of activations which some of them are going to be some sort of wild activation which it will allow you to activate characters um if without being one specifically you will choose and then you will be doing certain actions sort of like moving to other territories or uh, to adjacent territories i'm sorry you can travel back to the city only through certain territories and um, you will be trying to either defeat monsters um, or in order to get artifacts or you will be able to lower the fire um, which with some abilities you can do that in certain territories because every territory has an ability on them that you can trigger uh, with certain conditions and you can basically lower the fire or the damage from those surrounding territories in that way you can try to avoid the damage on the city if you manage to do that for a few rounds then you're going to battle the epic foe, which for the base game, um, I'm sorry, Sam, I don't know if I have the deluxe edition here with me or not, which I think I do, uh, but you will, have, you will have the Overlord, for example, which is one of the epic foes, which is this D&D uh, &D kind of enemy game with a bunch of eyes and tentacles. <laughs> and then oh. you have the Ancient, which is like a very bad evil tree. You have the Demon Lord. Oh, the de you don't want to fight the Demon Lord. He's hard as you know. Um, you get the fire elemental, you get the dragon, you get the colossus, uh, which he actually, it seems like he grabs a, I haven't fought this guy, you know, but it seems like by graphic that he grabs a meeple on his mouth or something. Oh yeah, it says swallow. Um, the kraken, yeah, we love the kraken from, I have seen the kraken in many, many other games, including champions of Midgar and rivers of Midgar and all that stuff. And then we have the hill giant. I haven't, I haven't played against this guy either. He has like a basis of meeples that he's going to get grabbed or something. Sam, you can tell us more about it, but um, but yeah, that's basically how it's going to work. So you're trying to defend your land, your territory, your home, save your people, save your villages, save your family, your friends, your wife, your son, your daughter, everybody, because <laughs> you don't want these uh, enemies, these annoying enemies to come and burn everything down. Right, Sam? Correct. So yeah. what about those enemies, Sam, that we were talking about? You, 
you is it is it on your mind right now how they like this guy the yeah, kill so giant and there's uh there's three different types of enemies um, okay bring it on there's two types of enemies that will be shuffled into that turn deck um that okay. you were mentioning where it has your cards that when it's drawn activates you personally or an all defenders card which allows you to decide how to divvy up action points among all the defenders available um, so there's normal enemies, and those enemies will pop out, and they'll attack two different regions. So do they'll increase the threat, uh, which is that fire token you referred to. They'll increase the threat in each of those regions unless uh, someone is there and chooses to defend by losing a health. But there are also dire enemies, which have special abilities, and they will typically um, have something bad that triggers if they're not defended against. Those are the ones that if you defend against them, you can get artifacts. And then every game, you're going to play against one totally unique um, epic foe, which is what you were referring to, the hill giant, um, the overseer. And those are going to come out after a certain period of time. And you can adjust the length um, to adjust the difficulty of your game. Because as you're going through that turn deck, um, when you are running out of cards, you're going to shuffle them back together again, and you'll actually add in a new enemy card. So the game is progressively getting harder. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You'll see people start to play it, and they'll play two or three rounds and be like, oh, man, this game is super easy. Like, it's totally, you know, we got this. Nope. Two rounds after that, they're like, oh, my goodness, yeah. everything is on fire. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> we were That's doing me. so well. Yeah. Um, and so after a certain amount of rounds, which you can kind of decide upon um, at the beginning of the game, the epic foe will come out. And then your goal is not only to save your capital city from being destroyed, but you need to defeat the epic foe. Um, and so the cool thing about those epic foes is where they all have unique abilities, they're all going to change the game in a different way. So when you look at replayability um, as far as options, Tiny Epic Defenders is going to have a ton of replayability because not only is every game different because of the types of enemies you have come out, the epic foe that comes out, the dire enemies that will come out, but also every single round within the yep. game is different because you never know when your turn is going to be. And so it does require a lot of proactive planning to say, listen, it doesn't matter whether I go first or last. I need to stay in the mountains because I know we've got at least three enemies that hit the mountains. And if it gets destroyed, then we're going to be in a really bad spot, you know. And, and so that's – I get really excited talking about Tiny Up Defenders because I personally am a huge fan of it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and you were right. I mean, when you were mentioning about the reality, and bef I'm, I'm going to separate the expansion from the base because I was about to jump on the expansion. But I will tell you um, my thoughts really quick on the game. First, um, it's a very good thing I remember. Uh, I didn't play it not too long ago, just the base one. Um, the replayability is very high. That's that's one thing because once again you're shuffling and it, everything will be kind of randomized. What you're gonna you can adjust, like like Sam was mentioning the length and difficulty. But if you want to do it truly random, it even adds more replayability because you're not gonna face the same situation probably never. I mean, it's, it's it will be very unlikely that you will have the exact same game if you restart and set up and everything. That's one thing. So that's a big plus. The other thing is that it's very hard. <laughs> like you were mentioning, it gets hard. Like you go three or four times and you're like, man, this is easy. I mean, I just going to move here and lower the fire and then whatever. But then suddenly you start to get blasted by 
all these monsters that they come at the same time and everything is burning and that's it. So that's another, at least for me as a solo gamer and mainly, uh, it's a good thing. Also from, from the cooperative aspect, it's also a very good thing because I feel like when we, at least for me, when I'm playing a cooperative game, if it's not hard, I feel like the the players are less interested on the game and they're less interested on the on the atmosphere and all the stuff. Versus when a game is challenging and hard, they're more into it. At least in my experience. So that's another big, big, big plus. Another thing that has the game, and I think um, this is from the design ground. Um, of course, any cooperative game can have alpha player-ish, but at some point, because this game can become tense during the game, I think that that tension doesn't allow for anybody to, even if they want to be a top player, it's very hard because everybody's going to have different strategies and everybody will try to, like you were mentioning, like, okay, I'm going to stay here because I want to control here, whatever. And even if the alpha players are like, no, you go there, you go there. It's going to be very hard to have that alpha player on these kind of games just because of the tension. I think it brings a, a good balance to avoid that. And I'm pretty sure as a, a few of you or a lot of you amazing listeners and probably you too, Sam, uh, on a cooperative game, I hate alpha players. I really, 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 it, I, I always say this, for example, with Pandemic, which I know a lot of you amazing listeners, uh, listeners and probably you too, Sam, are going to go against me, but I don't like Pandemic at all, the, the legacy ones, because I tried two scenarios and... I didn't enjoy them, and I feel like, you know, I was being alpha player-ish, I guess. Not me. I mean, I, other other person was. One of my good friends, he was trying to do the alpha player, and I understand that it was for the best of the game and the strategy and preparing and whatever future rounds, but it really, like, ruined it for me. So when I try to jump for a cooperative game, if I start to see that it has some alpha player uh, possibility, I usually try to put them for solo game more than uh, cooperative, but once again, the tension that you get on tiny epic defenders uh, counterrests a lot if somebody wants to be the alpha player because it's hard. It will be hard because everybody will try to do their best and the tension will be there and everything is burning around. So even if somebody wants to save the whole thing, it won't be possible. You have to divide and conquer as a team without alpha player. Yeah. Yeah, right? Do you have any input and experience with alpha players, Sam? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that even I've been somewhat guilty of it in the past um, yeah. and, uh, you know, I've made conscious efforts uh, to to stem that urge uh, <laughs> inside of me. Uh, and it took a long time. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right with Tiny Epic Defenders. It is tough to have an alpha player because as much as you want to plan, you are at the mercy of the deck, you know, as yeah. far as when things come out. Um, and it empowers the individual players because when their card comes out, they get to make their decisions. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like in personally, I, I do enjoy Pandemic as long as you're not playing with an alpha player. Um, I think the game itself is is quite fun. Um, I especially enjoyed the Legacy, the Legacy Season 1. I haven't played Season 2 yet. Everybody's but I, in, in Pandemic, you know, you are plotting out uh, multiple turns typically in advance and so that's where an alpha player really comes in is like well you need to go here so that this can happen here so this can happen here and you're like just let me take my turn you know 
<laughs> um, and and Tiny Epic Defenders really allows you to do that. It allows it to be like, no, blue player, it's your turn. You can do whatever you want. You know, you've yeah. got three or four actions, so do what you want. Sure, you can listen to the suggestions of other players, uh, but it really empowers the players to take the turn for themselves. Yeah, and that's very good. And that's, once again, uh, it's a thing that I really appreciate from, from, and I really enjoy from Tiny Epic Defenders. Now, I won't tell you yet, even if Sam is here looking at me, I won't tell you yet if you need to get it or not until I talk about the expansion, all right? And then I will tell you uh, very direct if I recommend you the game or, or the contrary. So then the amazing friends from Gambling Games, and once again, this doesn't play any, any, any uh, favoritism. I like Sam a lot, like we've been becoming friends uh, through social media mainly, and then we had that episode. Uh, he's a great person. But, you know, my friends, um, the other speaker, I will always be honest with you and tell you if you need to get a game or otherwise, right? Okay. We, let's pretend for a little bit, Sam, that we won the first game of Tiny Epic Defenders. We were able to bring the peace. Mm -hmm. we, everything is fine. We are with our friends. We are at a, at a Gen Con convention on the city from the universe of Tiny Epic Defenders, and everything is peaceful. But then... Something, I guess, like it relates to 2020, like the, when they're coming. <laughs> something happens and we are not safe anymore because the dark war has infected Ogmore. So even if we thought that everything was fine now, nope, it's still there. The invading evil could not be toward at our borders and its darkness now it spreads in every region leaving villages and homesteads in ruins. Refugees huddle into caravans. Listen to these caravans, because that will be something that I will mention a little bit. To flee for the protection of Edinmore, but certain dead stalks them, and there's low ox wagons. Ogmore has never before had more dire need for defenders. You must raise up, un unite, and risk everything again to preserve uh, the, uh, what little spirit is left and to protect the few people that remain because the first great war or the only great war I'm sorry, after the great war it was a lot of struggle they, even if we won, they still made damage but now everything is getting worse with these tiny epic defenders, the dark war it's not the great war any, anymore it's the dark war what do we get in this expansion? So we get uh, seven Dark War region cards, double-sided, more replayability, if it wasn't enough. Five hero cards, uh, we get six general cards, six epic foe, artifacts, we get skill cards, we get tokens. Now we get experience tokens, which is an ex another mechanic that the game adds, that we're going to talk about it. We get the boats, which are, those are one of my favorite things on the tiny epic defenders, uh, the Dark War, the boats. We get the storm tokens, the dead tokens, we get the Three, listen to this, you will have a tree on the mat. And you get six caravan that we're gonna talk about the mechanics in a little bit. And you get a character that when I play the expansion, when I play the expansion, um first for the first game I watched The Witcher. Then I decided to play the expansion next day. But I remember on that time it was COVID was starting. And a movie came out on Disney... No, I'm sorry, I'm lying. It came out, uh, I think, on Amazon Prime and some other platforms that you can, you could rent or buy. Uh, and it was a movie that it was meant to be for the theaters. It's, it has a thematic of a role-player game. 
it's uh, by Disney. No, it's, it's by DreamWorks, I believe. And I'm talking of Onward. Uh, Onward, it's a fantastic movie. You should watch it. In Onward, these uh, characters, one of them, there is very, he's very D&D, role-playery, whatever. And there's a character that comes to the movie, which is my favorite characters, which is a manticore. Then, when I played the expansion, I was like, no, man, this cannot be real. You have a manticore on Tiny Epic Defenders, the expansion. And then, not only that, once again, like in the, like in the normal game, on this case, you get a 11 double-sided page rule book with an option for campaign when we talk about campaigns, but a reasonable campaign that you can finish. Uh, and it's again, very straightforward. Forget about going to Board Game Geek with the expansion. Forget about watching videos. I mean, you can watch if you want, but um, I mean, you have everything here. This is the expansion, Sam. This is the expansion. Now, tell us a little bit about more, a little bit about the caravans, the Manticore, the three, which I love. Yeah, Tiny Epic Defenders the Dark War just adds in, it takes, so Tiny Epic Defenders itself, I think, is a really solid game. It's really fun, very easy to explain, very easy to kind of wrap your head around. You know, once you start playing, you get it. Yeah. Um, and it makes it very approachable. I even gave Tiny Epic Defenders to uh, my sister um, and her kids who are not gamers, and they have just been playing the crap out of it. They love it. But the Dark War, I feel like, makes Tiny Epic Defenders a gamer's game. Exactly. It, yeah. it, like, takes the concepts introduced in Tiny Epic Defenders and just elevates them to a whole new level of possibilities. Yeah. Um, you know, where you have a new victory condition where those caravans are going to start off. So you have cardboard caravans. They're going to start off all around at the different regions, and you are going to be taking actions trying to get those caravans um, back to the capital city to be able to escort the population before their regions are destroyed. But additionally, it adds in skills. So now your item evils, your heroes that you already have a special ability, um, can gain skills and can make themselves even more unique and more valuable to the team. Yep. So you gain in skills, which you can gain skill points. But on the reverse side, it also adds in some worse bad guys in generals. I don't know what your experience was with the generals. Uh, no, I will tell you. <laughs> but, but for me, I mean, those guys are nasty. They yeah. are really, really mean. I mean, as soon as a general pops out, I feel like I just have, like, put my hands over my head. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I didn't need this right now. Why the general? Um but it adds in so many cool things, and the campaign mode is really cool. It's only it's a very short campaign. You can do it in, a, in an evening. You can, it's just a three-game campaign. Um, but uh, the Dark War, I think, takes a really solid game in Tiny Epic Defenders and elevates it to a level where you didn't, where most people didn't think it was possible. Yeah, because like you were mentioning, and I have the, exam, the exactly same perspective. Um, Tiny Epic Defenders, exactly what you mentioned. Like, even I got it, uh, not of, of course not upset, but I was like, why gambling? Why you put it 14 year old plus? Because I feel like this game, I mean, you will have any problem bringing even a nine year old kid or eight year old kid if you, of course, with some guidance, but they will be able to, you know, follow it through. Um, but then when you bring Tiny Epic Defenders, and I, I don't, here's the thing, I enjoy 
most of the tiny epic uh, universe games. But I want to say that probably this is the the first one or the most unique one that with the expansion it transformed to a real real gamer more um, deep board game because now you have more stuff in the mat which or I'm sorry in the in the main yeah main gaming area which uh, you know visualizing it brings the caravans they look fantastic cardboard you build them and they're literally like very cute caravans around you will have six of them which we, I will tell you in a little bit what's the goal with those. You get, like I said, you get to assemble a three on the on the gaming area. You get the Manticore, which if you're if you're not familiar with Manticore, which I'm pretty sure you do, I wasn't familiar with the Manticore until I watched the movie. It's basically like a lion with a very <laughs> badass tail and wings and all this stuff. Um, so you get to mount the, <laughs> the Manticore and fly around. You get some boats that they will give you extra die that you can get them on the sea territory. So it becomes more of a deep, immersive board game experience in a different way, if that makes sense, uh, versus, you know, the, you know the, the, the signature from Tiny Epic, which is, yes, you get this game out of the box. It's still a board game, uh, but it's still, like, very accessible to everybody. This one definitely transforms and upgrades that situation. So what's with the caravans? Like I told you on the beginning, uh, the whole goal of the game, the mechanics are the same. You just have add-on things that they make the game more challenging, uh, things that make you change the strategy. Because even if you play Tiny Epic Defenders a lot and you manage yourself to kind of know the best strategies to win, now with Tiny Epic Defender, you also get one of my favorite things, which is the skill, the uh, the experience. I'm sorry, the experience track that you're able to level up your character, and as you're leveling up, you're getting different perks, right? Uh, so that's that's a good thing that I really like. You get the skill cards, which I have them here with me, that you can get them as well during the game, and they will tell you that you can usually spend experience or use experience that you had there before, uh, that you got there before, I'm sorry, in order to use something, some things beneficially, like health, uh, like strength, like I have here Ancient Wisdom, uh, Stealth, uh, you can be- become a historian, uh, imitate, different very cool things, very thematic with the universe of the fantasy. Of course, you can be a hunter. All these skills you will be able to gather during the game and use your experience to use them, most of them. Uh, once again, like I said, you can go to a territory and, and, and mounted manticore, and the manticore will allow you to go different places. Uh, you can go to the, to the um, sea territory. Uh, and get the, those boats, you will roll dice, and those dice will be in another in, in future turns or in that same turn to tackle some enemies. And ideally, you're going to go uh, through different uh, regions to try to spend actions and uh, experience as well to try to move the caravans towards the city. Like we read on the rule book, if you're able to get all the caravans to your city and you're able to defeat the epic foe, then you're the winner. So if you think about it, now you're not only worrying about, okay, I need to survive, I need to survive, I need to survive, and then kill the bad guy, which I don't know what it's going to be until the end. Um, now, not only that, my friend, you have to bring all these villagers that are claiming from your help because they're about to burn in flames and they're being hunted by all kinds of enemies and the annoying generals. Um, you also had to bring them with you uh, to be safe. So that's in a few words, what um, uh, the Defenders, Tiny Epic Defenders, the Dark War expansion brings. Of course, the territories, they'll double-sided, like I mentioned. 
and they will add more, more, more replayability to the game, which I don't think, I don't, I, I played separately, on, to be honest with you, Sam, I played the base game, and I played expansion, uh, you know, with their, with their own cards, but I don't see any problem mixing everything, mixing yeah. foes, mixing uh, enemies from the basic to the expansion and whatever, and, you know, make it fully, 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 which I know is a purpose, fully compatible, but you can, I'm just trying to, to bring more to the replayability aspect, like if it wasn't enough, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, you can absolutely mix everything from the base game and the expansion together and just have one big, fun, uh, I guess, yeah. Epic a, fantasy a, time. Epic <laughs> fantasy adventure, yeah. Yeah. Now, lastly, but no, no, without leaving it away, lastly, our friends from Gambling Games also have a very, 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 and I said very again, cool thing that if it wasn't enough to improve the, visualine, the visualizing aspect of the game with these 3D caravans, with the Manticore, with the tree, with the item maples, with the weapons, with the eyes, with the decks, with the cards, with the giant cards, the final bosses. Like if it wasn't enough, if you want to even bring everything to maximum level of um, visualizing experience and epicness on your board or on your table, they have a very, 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 very nice cool mat, which I want to say it's available, Sam, probably on the Gambling uh, website. And it is, it yeah. is right? So this game mat, I wish I can show it to you but uh, right now, but if not, you can remember that follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SolidG Podcast. There's a few pictures there for um, from the times that I played, and I will make sure to upload more. In that way, from this episode, when it becomes air, you can see when this episode is in air, you will be able to see it there. It's a beautiful, beautiful mat uh, with a very accessible size for any kind of table, and it has all the layouts for the main city uh, and their territories. It actually has a very nice connection pads from each territory that is adjacent to the other one, and it has which ones it, they will connect to the city, has a very nice compass, it, the, the, the art is fantastic, like very theme in the woods, fantasy, mountains, different regions, fantastic, sort of like, I mean, I don't want to bring any copyright issues here, but sort of like a Lord of the Rings, right, you get the idea, fantasy. And then it has also the sections for you to, to play the, the epic foe and the horde deck, the turn deck, the discard pile, and this is very important. You get already the places or the areas to place the artifact deck and the skill deck. So this mat, it's fully, fully, fully com uh, uh, complemented with the expansion. It's not like sometimes, you know, in some games you get the base game, you get the mat, and then you get the expansion and you had to deal with where I'm placing this, where I'm placing that. Here you have everything. And actually... Uh, well, you're going to see the pictures uh, if you go to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. It has a very, I try to put the caravans in the way they look very cool on the little paths that they show between territories. And like I said, it just brings the game to another level, Sam. And I'm, I'm being completely honest here. I'm not trying to advertise or anything like that. It brings the game to another level of... Um, of board game like i said i don't want this for this to, to be in a, in a wrong way because it's not at all but i feel like when i play a tiny epic i have fun and it's bring that epicness but when i was playing and this now i'm going to jump to my review in general 
when I was playing Tiny Epic Defenders with the expansion and with the mat, I feel like I was playing a more in deep board game, like a, like those big boxes board game, but in two small boxes basically. Um, so uh, so I think that's a good thing. I, once again, I know the idea of the Tiny Epic is probably that have an epic situation on a small box, but this one I I feel like. It with all these amazing accessories, it even overwhelms it. So I think it's something pretty cool. Um, now here's the thing. Here's the thing to you, Sam, and to the listeners. Do I recommend this game? Do I recommend the base game? Do I recommend the the expansion one? Do I do I feel like you need you just need to get one and not the other one? Here's the thing. I feel that you will not go wrong if you get the Tiny Epic Defenders base game second edition because. All the aspects that we mentioned. If you have a, a, a gaming group um, that you know you guys like to play cooperatives, you won't have the alpha player problem. If you have a gaming group that you guys do euros and all those kinds of things, but you still wanna you know bring a cooperative that it's it won't be like very uh, daunting uh, or scary for in mechanics wise or, or things like that, and it will be interesting. Then this is a game that you can bring for kids. This is a game that you can bring. So you won't have any problem like that. And like I said, it will add to that mythic uh, hobby of collecting all the tiny epics. So that's, that's another thing, right? So I will tell you this. Now, here is the thing. If you are a solo gamer, if you play cooperative games, if you're like me and you like immersive, thematic if you're very visual and if you if you're crazy like me that when you play a game sometimes you put music on the background and you just let yourself go in the game then definitely my friend def must have in your collection you need to get defenders and the expansion of dark war i guarantee to you there's no there's no risk guarantee that um you will you will definitely enjoy you will have a blast this is also a game that you need to think about, that if you don't have any tower defense in your collection, uh, and there's a, quite a few tower defense games out there, um, if you don't have a tower defense mechanic in a game in your collection, I will definitely recommend you this one. And I have other ones to recommend you. For example, I can tell you one that I've been enjoying that has a tower defense mechanic, which is the Power Rangers, Heroes of the Grid, uh, from Renegade Games. But it's, one thing is Power Rangers. Like, that's the theme, right? If you like Power Rangers and... You, uh, you were one of those people like me that used to like the Power Rangers, like the original ones. That's cool, right? You get that game. But from if you like fantasy, which probably most of us, that's what we like, uh, then this is the tower defense game that you want to have in your collection. To be completely, being completely straightforward with you, um, you know, there's some other games from, I think, Fireside Game. It was Fireside, Fireside Games, I think is the name of the company, the... Uh, the, I forgot the name of the games, but the, defending the castle or castle panic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, those are good, but no. I mean, if you want to have a fantasy uh, tower defense game in your collection, it has to be Tiny Epic Defender. If you want, if you are like me, solo gamer or cooperative gamer already on those, on those, on that hobby, let's call it, on that niche of cooperative uh, uh, side, then definitely get the base game, get the expansion, and if you can you won't regret getting the mat because it's beautiful and the table is going to look fantastic and you're going to let yourself immerse on that uh, nice kingdom of Tiny Epic Defenders and 
you will be annoyed by the enemies and you will be annoyed by the foes, but at the end of the day, you will feel like you had an adventure. That's my honest review, Sam, of uh, both of Tiny Epic Defenders and Tiny Epic uh, Dark War. And I am even gonna dare to say this: tactics, I love it. I don't have I don't have anything <laughs> bad to say about tactics. Zombies, I like it. Tiny Epic Defenders is probably my favorite cooperative game from Tiny Epic that I have tried so far. It's oh, great. Great to hear. It's great. Uh, but definitely, I recommend it once again with the expansion because it's gonna add way more once again. If you want to have that experience of immersiveness and campaign, if you want to play it with kids and with family and go more in an easy way, you can start then with only with the base game and then go from there, which I'm pretty sure that once you start with the base game, it will push you or convince you to probably next week or so go to your favorite local gaming store or even better, go to GameLine, Gambling website and get the Deluxe Edition, uh, which is probably going to be for the same price as the local gaming store, and you can get the Deluxe Edition, and you will be able to see the mat and all the stuff. Now, uh, Sam, all these uh, items are available on the website, right? Yes, they're all available on the website, and I'm going to tell you something that, based on how much you like this game, is probably going to make you pretty happy. Oh. Uh, we actually have individual player mats now available that are compatible with the Dark War expansion, no so, kidding. Oh, man, I, I, yeah. as soon as we end the recording, I'm going to go to the website and try yeah, to get yeah. some of those. Yeah, they were out of stock for a while, but we just barely got them back in stock. I think we probably made them available on the website okay. right now, so you should be able to go in and grab them, certainly by the time this episode lands. Um, yeah, yeah so individual well, players. We actually, we actually recording, I will tell you, we're actually recording on this tonight is Thursday, August 13th. This episode, it's uh, Thursday. This episode should be on air on Saturday and Sunday. So definitely, when you listen to this episode, it's probably two or three days after we record. So we're kind of live. <laughs> and um, so you you should be able to go in and check the, at least check those out on, on their GameLand website. What is the GameLand website again? It is www.gameland, which is G-A-M-E-L-Y-N, games.com. There you go. So those are gambling games. Come check it out. Also, uh, before we jump into the next game, which is another very, very different game, but the same theme, I will spoil you with that. Um, uh, I will highly recommend you, highly, highly, highly recommend you to go to Facebook and uh, not only follow us over there, but check out, look for the Tiny Epic uh, Gaming Group. It's fantastic. It's fantastic because... Tiny Epic the, Fan the, Group, the, yeah. The community is amazing, very friendly, like most of them, board game communities. And they're always sharing like different things, like paintings from the armories, uh, the different meeples. They're sharing pictures of their gameplays, uh, you know, the rumors about Kickstarters and stuff, which I hope Sam give, give us some spoil, uh, even a little bit of spoil of something tonight. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't, just, uh, you know, send your request over there uh, to the Facebook uh, ga gambling group. I'm sorry, the Tiny Epic Gaming Group on Facebook. And I, if it's on my hands, I will add you. <laughs> so, so just awesome. go in there. You will, you will really enjoy. Now, Sam, I will yeah. let you have the microphone because we are about to talk about a game that is not cooperative. That, correct me if I'm wrong, you cannot play solo, which is good because this can um, add it to our solo with friends sections here. Unless there's an expansion, which I, I'm, I'm not aware of, unless you tell me otherwise. 
Uh, and it's also, of course, designed by, it's called Scott Elms. And this is, and I will give you with Sam, this is Tiny Epic Kingdoms. My friend, go for it. Yes. All right. Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Uh, so Tiny Epic Kingdoms actually can play solo ah. if you play with the expansion Tiny Epic Kingdoms Heroes Call. So when you okay. add it to the expansion, it can play solo. But Tiny Epic Kingdoms is a 4X game, which if you are not familiar with 4X, it is expand, exploit, exterminate, and... Oh, what is the fourth X? You have it there. Don't miss it. Explore, explore expand, exploit, and exterminate. I may have said there all four. Um, but it's a 4X game in a tiny epic-sized box, and it plays in about 45 minutes. So you can get a full 4X experience in a 45-minute box. You have unique uh, races. So everybody has a unique race, and you're fighting over land. Um, and it, it, you're right. It is not, uh, a friendly game. It's not cooperative. You are <laughs> trying to win. Um, but race has a unique, um, ability tree that you can gain abilities. You go to war. The combat is very deterministic. Uh, you decide at the beginning of combat, how many resources that you need to, that you would like to spend in the combat. Uh, and then you secretly reveal it is a blast to play, uh, and actually is the first tiny epic that was ever released all right you, you see i never knew that so basically basically on tiny epic the the main mechanic is uh sort of an area control right yes basically that's what we're trying to control the different territories uh you have different territories that you're going to set up during the game such such as a uh, galson marden uh, uh these names went for 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 a foreign language lofrekija <laughs> i hope or frekija i hope i pronounced it correctly uh, Ilan, uh, Fionara, Erilor, uh, Morandrea, and Intheoros. <laughs> you make it very hard for me, my friend. And then uh, yeah. you have different clans. The art is fantastic. The art of tiny epic um, uh, kingdoms, the art of the characters. I mean, you. I'm going to share pictures with you, my friends over there. But you have like a very nice org there. You have like a skeleton guy, like a little... Uh, uh, like I don't even know what this, this species of this is. Probably you will be able to name it better in a word in English. But I like this. It's like a lizard, right? Or something. Oh yeah, like a dragonkin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy. The art is great, man. I really, really enjoy it. Um, the Viking, the Hobbit here, like having a cup of tea or a cup mm. of coffee. That's great. Uh, the Paladin, of course, the Knight. So the art on this game is fantastic. And one of the things that I enjoy from Tiny Epics is that on the box, not only you get the fantastic art from all the characters with Kingdom, also on the base of the games, of the game, you get all the, it's, a, it's called the Glorious Victories, and it basically tells you, you know, about different tiers that you get there. Uh, you get achievements, you get condition, and you get the description of all these on the box. Like uh, Sam mentioned, the base game, which is the one that we have here, it plays two to five players, and it tells you that it plays 30 to 45 minutes. Um, the, at least the experience that I have with this game has been a little bit longer than that. And the age is 14 year old plus. And I have to be the age here because this is not, um, this is also not like a very, yeah, easy, whatever game. This is a game that you had to put some strategy on it. And you had to be careful because it's going to put you to that situation that you want to be competitive. And like you said, some can be a little bit sensitive about it <laughs> when you play this kind of game and when you find to win. So this was this one was the first 
then the f first tiny epic on the series, the kingdoms, right? It was. And with the expansion right now available, which is the Heroes Call expansion, Tiny Epic Kingdoms Heroes Call. And that adds the other player and um, add more players and more characters and the ability to play it solo, right? Yeah, so it adds in a new resource. It adds in war towers that you can okay. add into the game. Uh, you get new factions, new territories. You get heroes themselves. So you actually get to add in heroes to the game that have unique abilities that are going to affect what they do on the board. Um, and then you add in some compass cards, which are going to allow you play Tiny Epic Kingdoms solo. Oh, that, that's the one. You see, I need to try that one. I need to try that one. Uh, because here's the thing. I'm going to share you my experience with with the Tiny Epic Kingdoms. And I know probably you amazing listeners are like, uh, you feel like we talk about, a lot about the Defenders and then we came a little bit short, but this is just because we took a lot of time on, on Defenders, which is great. And, you know, we don't want to bore you uh, with more time in that way we go to what we with what you want to hear tiny epic kingdoms i play it at least six or seven times i play it with a group of three friends i play it with another group of four friends and i play it two players as, as well with my wife every um number of players it worked great it never felt like something was different versus the other one it never feel like oh when you're playing two players i mean that it can be you know, less tense or less uh, chaotic or competitive versus when you play three or four players. I didn't, at least for me, I didn't experience that. So that tells me that the mechanics of the game are very solid and the play testing of the game was very solid and it was very well developed. Um, indeed, it's a very, um, like, well, I'm going to say this. Most of the area control games, sometimes they can add that... Um, tension between the players and sometimes they don't uh, for example there's a game there's a, a game that i really like that is called rise of tribes uh, that is also sort of an area control game but definitely this one i feel like it had more tension uh fighting for the territories and trying to get those victory points versus for example like i said rise of tribes and i think there's even more um area control games out there than uh, than tower defense, for example, than when we talk with tiny epic defenders, right? But here is the thing: tiny epic kingdoms. It, I'm surprised. I never knew this that it was was the first one, but it surprised me that it was the first one because it feels very solid. It feels very solid mechanics. Uh, is definitely different. I don't remember that there's any other tiny epic that has that area control mechanism. I think this is the this is the only one that does. And like I said, I played it. And now that I know that there's an expansion, I'm really looking forward to get to try the expansion, to try it solo, uh, to see how it goes. Um, but definitely, I feel like this game, if you need an area control game, and once again, the Tiny Epic uh, uh, series is usually very accessible. They are around the $25, $30 American dollars. So with that being said, if you're looking for an area control that you don't have to spend the crazy amount of money, like 70 or 80 bucks for a big box game, um, which I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's just like if you want to, uh, you know, be a little bit cautious of that and still head, get the, a great level of fun and still have that tension uh, for a competitive game, then definitely, definitely check it out, Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Um, I like this game a lot. Like I said, I brought the game many, many, many times to the table. It, once again, another big plus for Tiny Epics is the size that you can bring them anywhere, uh, even if you don't have the official 
um, whole, which it's always convenient if you if you are like me and try to collect the whole saga of Tiny Epics. Um, but yeah, this game you can bring it anywhere. Um, it literally it won't take too much space on the table, and once again, it will bring that um, tension and that uh, excitement of a competitive game trying to control the territories and the area in the way you can win the game. And even if you don't win the game, you still get that satisfaction of, okay, I'm trying to mess around here with this guy and trying to get this point and this, and that has a very interesting mechanics of area control that I really, really, really enjoy, Sam. So this one, I think, also, it's a must-have uh, from the Tiny Epic Collections. And once again, even me, to be, to be honest with you, amazing listeners, I... As soon as we finish, I want to check out those individual mats that uh, Sam was telling me about or was telling us about. And I really want to check that expansion because I'm looking forward to play it. And then once I play it, I can definitely, definitely share with you my uh, thoughts and tell you if, you know, if it's worth to have it, which I'm pretty sure, or if it's just uh, enough with the Tiny Epic Kingdoms base. Anything to add, Mr. Sam, for Tiny Epic Kingdoms? No, I mean check it out. It's uh, it is the original and it holds up. I was gonna say like I'm surprised that is the first one because, I mean I don't know. Do you, do you remember about which year it was it when it came out? Uh, I think uh, 2013 is when it launched on Kickstarter. 2013. So it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that like from that time. You know, it feels like more recent ones because then you have games that they're from the same time, and they feel old. Like, I mean, not throw, you know, bad stuff to any game, but like, for example, uh, Castle Panic, right? Like, if you bring Castle Panic right now to the table, it, it feels old. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad game or a, or, or a great game. I'm just saying, like, it, it feels aged. And um, with Tiny Epic Kingdoms, I never knew it was the first one. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell any difference between that one. Uh, talking about the art and mechanics, I couldn't take any difference between that one and, and any other new area controls out there, or even if I compare it to the new, most recent Tiny Epic uh, games. So with that being said, we covered, for this second round of Tiny Epics, we covered Tiny Epic Defenders with Dark Work and the Mad, with, once again, check it out on the website. Please do yourself a favor if you're a solo and a cooperative gamer because you will love it. We talk about Tiny Epic Kingdoms. If you're a competitive player, area control player, Hey, this is your cup of tea. Go for it. Enjoy it because you won't be disappointed as well. You know that I'm a mainly a solo player, but I really enjoy Tiny Epic Kingdoms as well, and it's going to stay for sure in my collection of Tiny Epic's uh, universe. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out all these items on the Gambling website. In that way, you can get the deluxe version of games. And uh, also, I mean, the other option is always go to your favorite local gaming stores to get support and get the games from there. Um, so you have those two options to to approach the games. Now, Sam, I know that we're not going to talk too much about Pirates because I want to play the game and I want to share with you my thoughts and we're going to have another round. Hopefully, COVID will be done by that time. Um, oh. we, yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about Tiny Epic Dinosaurs because also I want to, you know, farm those dinosaurs and make them grow and conquer the whole Jurassic land. I'm not going to say park because then it's copyright for Jurassic Land. Uh, and um, so I'm, I'm not going to – I don't want to talk about it. But what I want for you, please, 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 give us a little hint. What's coming up for Game Link? What are you working on? What is your ideas right now? Uh, we talk about probably some brainstorming ideas for a new bag. I'm pretty sure you're working already with some ideas for a new Kickstarter, a new game. Give us something for us fans of, of Game Link games. 
All right. So I can't say anything too revealing. Okay. But, uh, so if this is launching on Saturday or Sunday, uh, pay attention to our social media on Tuesday. On Tuesday. I will have – we will have something big to announce. Oh. It is not Kickstarter. And, I, oh. and you're hearing it here first because no one, no one else has, has heard even that. Um, but uh, I have something in my hand right here. That you can show I, it to me. I won't say it. I won't say it. You show it to me. I won't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm missing this in your time. But, oh. Uh, but, oh, yeah, see, <laughs> his reaction. So you'll have to pay attention to Gameland Games social media on Tuesday, uh, August 18th in the year 2020, and uh, I think that people are going to be excited with what we I'm have. I'm excited already. I, I want to tell – amazing listener on the other side of the speaker, I want to tell you so bad right now. He just showed it to me. <laughs> Can I see it again? I'm saying – man, 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 man. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yep. So just by saying it, about it quite yet. Just by but, uh, it, it's going to be an insta, insta thing that – Boom, I need to, I mean, you need, you have to. And, oh, man, I don't want to spoil, but, oh, 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 oh man. I, I, I know, I know, listeners, you're going to love it because, um, oh, it's so good. Um, I know, I, I here's the thing. I don't know any single person related to uh, that that doesn't enjoy, love love it, like, so far to what it is, right? The, the theme, I, 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 I cannot spoil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I cannot find it. But you, you're going to love it. <laughs> uh, you love it. I, I'm. I. I want to get it already. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. So besides that, that's the announcement. Remember to follow Gambling, uh, uh, Games on their social media. They are very active on Twitter. They are very active on Instagram. They are very active on Facebook. They're usually posted uh, posting content and stuff. Uh. And I'm gonna be looking forward. What time? At what time? The Tuesday. Uh, or you're gonna give us some suspense. You're gonna leave us some probably suspense. Probably do it in the morning. I'll probably do something in the morning. But tell you what. Uh, why don't I, I'm just coming up with this right this second as a celebration of whatever that is. Okay. How about we do a giveaway for one of your listeners? Sounds uh, fantastic. Celebration okay. of this episode and, uh, you can determine how you want to do that giveaway, but, uh, whatever, whatever it is that I just showed you, how about we give away, uh, one, one of whatever it is I just showed you to one of your lucky listeners. Sounds good. Sounds so good. we we're going to do this, okay, to make it more interesting, and that way you guys listen to the episode. Um, remember that that Facebook group that I told you, you either had to tag Solo BG Podcast and Gambling Games, both, on the Facebook group of Tiny Epic, and just mention that you just listened to the episode of Tiny Epic uh, Round 2, tag, once again, Gambling Games and Solo BG Podcast, and from there... Where, uh, from all the people that do that, uh, we're gonna do a raffle, which I'm gonna streaming live um, uh, as soon as as soon as I coordinate with with Sam here. Um, you know, it could be a week from where this when this episode is live, which is gonna be live on Saturday, uh, or two weeks to give more time. And if you happen not to be on Facebook, do it on Instagram or Twitter. Just tag us, uh, Gambling Games and Solo BG Podcast, both of us, and just mention any comment that comes to your mind. But just making a reference that you listen to this episode and from there you could be the lucky winner of this amazing thing that I just saw, which, um, which it's, it's great. It's going to be, it's going to be great. That's fantastic. I'm very excited and looking forward to it and please, please do it. Actually, 
uh, when I post this video, I'm going to post it also on the on the Tiny Epic Facebook group, which once again, I recommend you to go and check it out. In that way, the people from the group will be aware of this. And that's fantastic, fantastic. And man, I, I mean, that's that's great. Honestly, I'm very excited. Um, and I'm very excited also to hear that there's some brainstorm for those bags because those bags are fantastic as well. So people should check it out as well. Sam, thank you so much for being another another episode with us for round two, Tiny Epics. Uh, I hope you had fun. I look forward for the round three and the future rounds. Um, anything you want to add, Sam? Anything besides those amazing news that you just shared with me that I uh, wish I could uh, tell, but yeah. I won't tell yet. Yeah, pay attention to our social media on Tuesday the 18th. Uh, Tiny Epic Dinosaurs is available for pre-order on our website, but official release is in September, and it is getting a ton of really, really good buzz. People are loving dinosaurs, so keep your eye out for that. Sounds fantastic. My friends, um, this was round two of Tiny Epic uh, Universe once again. I really thank Sam, and remember that please, like he mentioned, follow uh, Gambling on their social media. If you have any questions for Sam, he's also on the Facebook group of, of the Tiny Epic fans. He's always very active as well. And remember to follow us as well on our social media. And remember that this episode can be listened in any platform. If you're listening right now through Spotify, you can listen in iTunes. We will play it soon in iVox, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever podcasts can be found, uh, you will find Solo BG Podcast. Thank you so much. And like always, remember... For victory... Go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.